0: listening to the Miracle Word Podcast, we believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. I'm going to talk to you about something I've never, ever covered on a broadcast before never covered on a broadcast. Um, Ooh, put that down Tiff. Uh, Maddie would probably like that. Allison said there are plush mellow slippers too. Can actually get, she would like eat that up. Allison, she would eat that up. Um, I'm going to talk to you about something I've never dealt with on the broadcast before. I like, I don't even know how long we've been going every day now, three years, maybe longer. But um, we're going we're gonna to talk about this today. What happens to Christians who don't read the Bible? That, that's, that's an interesting question because uh, if you look at the studies that are out, and I dealt with one once. I brought the book on and showed you. They did a study in America, I think over a period of like five or six years, interviewed tens of thousands of Christians, uh, asking them, polling them, Uh, on their Bible reading um, habits, but also their beliefs about the Bible. Um, And it was called The Bible in America. I think that's put out by Barna Research Group, Tiffany. Um, But the, the, um, the findings were interesting because of the breakdown of how often Christians read the Bible, how often Christians read the Bible. And it was only really a small percentage of Christians that read the Bible every day which is where we should be. I mean, that's, that's where we should be. If you've listened to this broadcast for any period of time, uh, you'll know that's, that's what I teach. That's what, where, where we should be. But if you go out, there was a good portion of Christians that, uh, you know, they broke it down every day. Then the next one was like two to three times a week or something like that. And then there was, there was the uh, once a week. So I mean that once a week is like, you know, ridiculous as a Christian, but if you did that, where Christians are reading the Bible every week, it was, I believe, over 50% of Christians, um, but the small percentage was Christians who read the Bible every day, which is where, where we should be if we're dedicated to God, but um, many many people slack off on their Christian disciplines, prayer, study of the word, uh, being faithful to church, giving, sharing their faith, you know, evangelizing, that kind of thing, but... The question I want to ask, and I want to go through it from the Bible, um, what does happen to Christians who don't read the Bible? You know, who who put that on the back burner, and they're like, "Yeah, it's not that important." You know, I'm not a I'm not a a pastor. You know, I'm not an evangelist. I'm not a preacher. You know, I'm just you know I work at a hospital. I I'm a mechanic. I work at at tech support. You know, I, I I don't need to be reading the Bible every day. And then all of a sudden. Uh, I don't read the Bible every day becomes, well, I, 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 you know, I open it up when I'm in church and the pastor's preaching and, you know, and then it becomes, I throw my Bible in the back window of the car and on the dashboard and I pull it out when it's time to go to church. And, um, and for a lot of people, you know, because so many people are using uh, their cell phone for a Bible using Bible apps and stuff, they may not be carrying an actual uh, Bible. So, <clears throat> it might just slip right past them. And so there might be a lot of Christians, of course, the statistics are showing that there are, that aren't reading the Bible every day. But it quickly slips into, as you know, with any other discipline, it quickly slips into not doing it at all. It's like, well, I started out the year and I was going to the gym like three days a week and I kinda had to back it down to like you know two days a week, then I'm, I was at one day a week and you know I haven't really been to the gym in a few months, Kind of a, kind of a thing. Well, that's the same thing happens with reading the Bible is that people start to like, well, you know, I'm not really, I didn't really get to read it this, this couple last couple of days. And then before you know it, it's been a few weeks and a month, you haven't picked up the Bible to read. So what are the effects of that? You know, as, as we are Christians who are dedicated to Jesus, you know, you ask the question, what are the effects of that in a Christian's life? What happens, what happens to a Christian who does not read the Bible, Uh, and I'm going to give you seven disasters that are without question, these will take place in the life of a believer who does not read the Bible. Uh, Seven things I'll cover today with you from Scripture that, uh, that that will definitely take place. These are not a maybe. These are not a maybe. If you don't have the Word of God going into your spirit, these things will take place, and so... Uh, I want, of course, we're going to cover the negatives, but I want you to see the positives of reading the Bible every day. And of course, the opposite is going to be true for you. You're not going to have these things happen because you're, you're faithful to the word of God. So, um, and by the way, let me just uh, make an announcement I forgot to make. Uh, for those of you that said you were having problems with the app on the Apple app store yesterday, people were getting an error message. Um, what did it say, not available in your region or something like that? You're getting an error message for downloading the app from the App Store. uh, Google Play seemed fine, but the Apple Store, they pushed out an an update from the app developer, and so all of the problems should be fixed now. So if you were trying to download the app, just go back and grab it from the Apple App Store for your iPad or your uh, your iPhone or whatever, and uh, everything should be fine. But if you experience any issues We really, really would appreciate if you'd let us know. Please let us know, but it should be fine. Um, What happens when you don't read the Bible as a Christian? Seven things we're going to cover. And uh, I want you to write these down and get them into your spirit. Um, Number one, the first thing is you... Break the Christian pattern, or I could even get more, uh, demonstrative with that to say you break God's expectation. Number one, you break the Christian pattern, the God's expectation for his children. And, um, I want to show you that from scripture. Um, you know, old and new Testament, God wanted his people to know his word. No question about that. Old and New Testament, God wanted his people to know his word, right? His word was the way he communicated with them. And so if you don't have his word, you miss his instructions and all the other things. So God wanted. So if you look at the Old Testament pattern, the Old Testament people of God were raised up and still to this day, you know, if you're, if you're a a faithful uh, Jew and, and, you, you uh, and by that I mean a practicing Jew, you, you may go to Hebrew school, you learn, uh, you read from the Torah, you learn the Torah, you learn, uh, you learn the Word of God from, from the time you're very young. You know, they're teaching you and you, you start to understand all of the law and the prophets and the, the writings and, and uh, you know, all of those things. You're being taught that from a very young age. And that's how it was in the Old Testament as well. That was the pattern of God's people, that they were taking in His Word even from a very young age, to the point where before Jesus, you know, uh, redeemed us and we we trans- transferred over into a New Testament covenant, Jesus at the uh, Jesus at the age of twelve, think about that, twelve years old, was able to. Ask such intelligent, penetrating questions that it blew the minds of the religious leaders. Well, he was learning the word of God. Remember this, Jesus emptied himself. He emptied himself. He didn't have all knowledge while he was on the earth. So it's not like, well, the, he, Jesus came out of heaven and he knows the Bible by heart. No, he, w- he was born in the form of a man, had to learn. He had to learn the word of God. He had to grow in wisdom and in stature, the Bible says. But he was learning at such an accelerated rate that he was able to ask penetrating questions at 12 years old that blew the minds of religious leaders. So even in the Old Testament, you see these commands like what Joshua received in Joshua chapter one and verse eight. Take this book of the law. That's Joshua 1.8. Don't let it depart from your mouth. Meditate upon it day and night so that you'll be careful to do all that is written herein. Then will you make your way prosperous and have good success. You know, you read the the Proverbs, my son, incline your ear to my sayings. Don't let them depart from your heart. You know, meditate upon them. So you had these commands even given to individuals and then given to groups in the Old Testament. That you're to read God's word, meditate on God's word, get it into you. This was the pattern of God's people. Well, then we flip over into a new covenant. And now we're over in the New Testament. And I want you to see the book of Acts chapter two. I think this is a very telling thing. And this is, by the way, one of the elements that caused the church to explode so dynamically around the world one of the elements of church growth. But look at Acts chapter two. The Bible says in verse 42, this is Acts 2, 42. And they, this is the believers it's talking about in context. And they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching every day. You see that? And it goes on, and the fellowship, breaking of bread, prayers, and awe came upon every soul. But notice the very first thing mentioned, the apostles' teaching. Well, the apostles' teaching is what we have written in these these pages. The apostles' teaching is what we're still reading today as believers. These things were written down uh, as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit and every word inspired by God, breathed out by God. So the apostles' teaching is still what we have today. We have the Apostle John, the Apostle Peter, the Apostle Paul. You know, we, ha- we have these things in, in written form. That's what they were doing. They were uh, feeding on the Apostles' doctrine every single day. And it was causing the church to explode. One of the elements that caused the church to explode. So when we don't, when we choose not to read the Bible, then we are breaking the Christian pattern and the expectation of God for his people. You know, I can't understand why any Christian, uh, and I and I know, listen, it's, I'm not vilifying Christians. I know that uh, the flesh wars against the spirit. We teach that often. So I know that it's it's just like any other discipline, except this one, even the devil fights hard against because he doesn't want you to read the Bible daily. But I know that your flesh fights against your spirit and doesn't want to read the Bible. The flesh doesn't. Because it corrects the flesh. You know, it cuts, it cuts through the flesh and the carnal nature. So the flesh fights against it. But your spirit man wants it. I like what somebody put up in the comments earlier. They said, I need my Bible every morning like I need my cup of coffee. Like I, as much as I, 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 I wake up and my flesh wants coffee, my spirit wants the word. And that's true. That's absolutely true. So number one, what happens Uh, If you don't read the Bible, you're breaking the Christian pattern. That's the first thing you're breaking God's expectation for his people, for his children. You know, can you imagine if you're, if you're married, think about how hurtful this would be. Let's say your husband or your wife wrote you uh, a love letter, right? Valentine's Day is coming up, wrote your love letter, sealed it, you know, whatever, gave it to you and you just left it sitting there. Just left it sitting there. Or <laughs> uh, worse, what if you just ripped it up and threw it away? Do you understand how badly that would hurt the one you love? It's like, I took the time to write to you, to tell you uh, how much I love you, how much I care about you, all the things that you know. I want to spend my life with you, and all the, all these things. Wrote them all to you, gave it to you, and you didn't even read it, and you just tore it up and threw it away, discarded it. And imagine that God, by His Holy Spirit, has written to us, love you, Messiah, Has written to us and given us His Word, and many people discard it. You know, I'm not. I'm not going to be one of those. You know, one of those preachers is like, it's a love letter from heaven. You know, people get all weird about it, but like God truly does love you. And his word proves that. But in the same way that he loves you provided his word, many people just discard it. They just throw it as as if it, as if it doesn't matter, throwing it on the dashboard of the car. I'll see you again next week, Lord, when I go to church, you know, and and it's, it's heartbreaking to see that God has inspired his holy a written word and given it to his people. Do you really? Do you realize that how wonderful and amazing it is that we have the Bible in our language, available to read at any time, even on digital platforms. I mean, at any time, the average Christian has many Bibles in their household. Uh, it's it's we have so many English translations. We have so many different things that we have access to. And it's amazing that with all that we have, you know, I wish we had that video I could play for you right now of the, the, the people in the underground churches in China getting Bibles for the first time in their language. And then just, you, you see it, they swarm on those boxes like ants to a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And and as those are coming out, they're, they're so hardcore trying to get their copy. And when they get it, they're kissing it. They're, they're kissing it and they're weeping. Because they had no Bible in their language. They had nothing. I went to the Bible Museum in uh, Washington, D.C., which, by the way, if you've not gone there, you should go there as soon as you get an opportunity to go. It's an amazing, amazing place to be. Uh, what was it, four stories, Tiff, or three stories? I think three, three or four stories. Uh, they own an entire city block of Washington, D.C., the Green family that owns Hobby Lobby bought an entire city block, and uh, have created the most amazing museum. And it's the Museum of the Bible. And you can go through and you can see all the old Bibles uh, throughout history. Calvin's Bible, Luther's Bible. Uh, You see Dead Sea Scrolls, you see papyrus, you see manuscripts, all these different things. History of the Bible, all, all the stuff that they have available. But one of the rooms, when you go in, see I didn't even know this as a Christian and a minister. I had no idea about this. I walk into this room and it's like a cylindrical room and on the walls looks like big library bookshelves. And there's all these brightly colored books. Brother Kevin, I love you, can't wait to see you. There's all these brightly colored uh, hardbound books, different colors, in sections. And I'm like, what is this? And you can see the nations of the world and the languages and the dialects that are underneath, printed signs underneath and I don't remember the, exactual, uh, the actual color coding, but let's say, for example, uh, red books. When you saw the red ones over a language, that means, like, for example, English. That means that uh, that language has the full Old and New Testament translated in their language and available to them. But then you'd see another color uh, uh, for other languages, like blue. Those books would be blue. That means that um, they only have the New Testament translated at this point in their language or in their dialect. And maybe the uh, Old Testament is being worked on or something like that, but they don't have it yet. And then let's say there's a third color, we'll call it yellow. And that language or dialect doesn't have the New or Old Testament in their language yet, but the yellow color represents the fact that it's in translation as we speak. They're working on the translation for that language and dialect. But then there's another one. Let's say it's green. And for those languages and dialects, and this blew my mind, it blew my mind, that there are many languages and dialects like this that had the green color, which means they have no New or Old Testament translated for them. And at this time, there's no one working on a translation for that language and dialect in the world. I had no idea that in 2021 there were still that many languages and dialects that didn't have access to the word of God in their own language. Blew my mind. It blew my mind, but they're working on it. They're doing everything they can uh, to make it happen. So we have this huge opportunity. We've got the Bible in all these different translations in our language. We've got the Bible on our phones and on websites and apps and all this. It'll even read it to you. You don't even have to, you can just listen to the narration, you know, and all this stuff. And it's mind blowing that people don't even pick up a Bible. It, it blows my mind because it is life to you. I mean, it's truly life. Jesus said in John 6:63, 6, the words that I speak unto you they are spirit and they are life. It is life-giving to read the mighty word of God. It's life-giving. And Mirari's is exactly right. We have no excuse not to pick up the Bible. Uh, you know, we have a glut, if I can use that term, of English translations. We have uh, so many, so many good ones, really fine English translations. And so we break the Christian pattern. We break the expectation of God. Well, then what, what are some of the negative effects? Well, of course, to disobey God is a negative, a negative in and of itself. But number two, when a Christian doesn't read the Bible, and this is, this is bad. Number two, they are easily led into error. That's number two. When a Christian doesn't read the Bible, they are easily led into error. And this is... Uh, this is being seen all over the place, all over the place. And when people don't know what the word of God says, then somebody can just tell you what they think it says. And, and it could be a uh, severe, severe error. And we've seen that throughout history, severe error. You know, it's like, um, that's what took place at the reformation. If you don't know the history uh, of the reformation, You know, at that time, you know, people couldn't, uh, read the language that the Bible was written in, you know, people, the average man in America and England and, you know, Germany, all the places, uh, they weren't reading Latin. They weren't reading Greek. They weren't reading Hebrew or Aramaic. And so what happened was you had to depend upon the priest, To read you the Bible at mass, you had to to depend on one man to tell you everything about what the Bible meant, what it was trying to say to you, how you were supposed to apply it to your life, and all of these things. And we saw these errors, these indulgences that still exist in the Catholic Church, things that are not scriptural, they're not doctrinally accurate, they're error added by men, prayers for the dead. You know, all, the, all these different things. And Martin Luther understood and saw this and, and, and realized we need the Bible in a language that the average man can pick up, read, and understand. And, and this, this began, it's one of the things that began the Reformation. And, and you start to realize these men that started printing the Bible in the known language of the people were getting murdered and tortured for it. Go read about William Tyndale and go read about others that decided I'm going to print the Bible in a language that the average man can understand. And they were burnt for it, literally burnt alive for translating the Bible into a language that the people could understand so that the people could pick up their own New Testament, their, old, old, their own Old Testament, and read through the Bible in English. And it was against the law to do that. And they were executed for doing it. But look at the amazing result of the Bible going around the world in native languages. So that you're not just depending on one man to tell you what the Bible says. You can read it for yourself and not be led into error. And that's the second thing that happens is that um, if you don't read the Bible, you can easily be led into error, and then every wind of doctrine that blows through the body of Christ, you're deceived by it. You're deceived by it. Look, look at uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4. Uh, Paul said, "I charge, and he's talking to a, a preacher here, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in kingdom, preach the word, Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with complete patience and teaching for the time is coming, look at this now, for the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching or, you know, the actual Greek word there, healthy, healthy teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves Teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. So, what you know, people have this desire to have their ears tickled with stuff that makes them feel good. That's why, if you've not noticed, um, if you've not noticed uh, this last 30 years of seeker sensitivity in the church, it is an absolute stain an absolute stain on the body of Christ, to have these seeker-sensitive churches where you go to those, you'll never hear preaching against sin. Yeah, the scriptures in Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. You'll never hear teaching against sin. You'll never hear correction or rebukes or anything that could be seen as offensive to the person in the seat, because we don't want them leaving. We don't. We want them to come back. So instead, let's entertain them. This is what you're seeing in churches today. Let's entertain them. Let's hit them with a light show. Let's hit them with some secular songs that they know from you know before they were saved or from the radio. And let's let's entertain them. You know, let's give them entertainment rather than correction, reproof, guidance direction, you know, and that's what's happening. People are accumulating to themselves teachers that will suit their own passions and having itching ears, they will, uh, they'll draw those in and they'll not endure healthy doctrine. It'll be doctrine that destroys you. You know, it's like when you're little, that's why you don't just only eat sugar, 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 sugar. It tastes good. It's really addictive. Kids love it. But if you just fed your kids straight sugar all the time, it's going to destroy their bodies. It's going to destroy their teeth. It's going to destroy their organs. It's, it's, it's not healthy. And that's what Paul's writing. That's why he used the word healthy doctrine. Because if all you ever do is tell everybody how great they are and just... You know, this, you're so, you're such, you're so wonderful and you never correct anything. You never rebuke. You never reprove. You never even preach in a way that brings conviction to change and turn from sin. That's unhealthy doctrine. You're just pouring sugar on people every single week. And as a result, there's no even desire to change or turn from any kind of wickedness. And it's unhealthy doctrine. And so when you don't read the Bible on a daily basis, you can be led into error. Why do you think so many Christians fell for the hyper grace teaching? Why do you think so many Christians fell for that? They were deceived by that teaching because they don't know the Bible. And they don't know the Bible because they don't read the Bible. And so you got people coming along and twisting the scripture to say things that it does not say, to teach doctrines that are not God's doctrines and what the Bible refers to as doctrines of devils. Yeah, that's, that's mind-blowing to me. Allison said, I, the, a church I visited was playing Maroon 5 in the kids area. I was horrified, never went back, as you should not have gone back. That's foolishness. You know, how are we going to even teach our kids, like, stay separated from the world, but at the same time, we're going to blast secular music in the kids' department. Like, you look like a moron, an absolute moron. You know, and it's not like it's just happening in one place. It's happening in a lot of places. It's happening in a lot of places. And and this is why so many Christians fell for this hyper-grace heresy is because they don't read the Bible. And then they look uh, at these preachers that twist the scriptures. And they don't know any better. They don't know any better. So the second thing that happens when you don't read the Bible is you're easily led into error. The third thing that happens is you miss out on God's leading. That's the third thing. If you don't read the Bible, you miss out on God's leading, the leading of the Spirit. Now, can God speak to you personally? Of course he can. But remember, this is the primary document. This is what God's given us. Yes, he can speak to you by his Spirit. Yes, he can lead you by his voice, absolutely. But here's a question for you. Love you, Isaac. Here's a question for you. If you are, quote unquote, hearing something from the Holy Spirit, how can you judge whether or not it's from the Holy Spirit? Well, the only way you can judge is you say, does it line up with God's written word? Does it contradict God's written word? Because if it does, it's not the Holy Spirit. So you know, the, you could feel like oh, the Lord's telling me to do this, but then you go out and look and it's like completely contradictory to God's word. Say, well, the Lord's telling me that I'm not supposed to work. You know, I'm not supposed to work. I'm supposed to quit my job and not work at all. I hear the Lord telling me that. Well, then the Bible says a person that does not work and does not earn money and does not provide for his family is worse than an infidel worse. So if you think God is just telling you to quit your job and sit around, it's not God. And that's an extreme example, but that's the kind of stuff that happens when people don't read the Bible is that they don't understand that if something they hear in their mind and they think well that's the Lord that's the Lord telling me that no does it line up with God's Word the other thing is that just by reading God's Word the Lord can speak to you as you read his Word now let me make it a very important point here this is not interpretation of scripture what I mean is When you study the Bible, there's a right way to interpret scripture, and there's a wrong way to interpret scripture. I'm not even talking about interpreting scripture at all. There's there's one way to interpret scripture, and that is the right way. They call that exegesis, but I'm not talking about interpreting scripture. I'm talking about just as you read the Bible, you might come across a passage that, if we were interpreting it, would be interpreted the proper way, but as you read it, The Lord spoke something specific and personal to you, to your life. Now, I've had that happen to me. I'll give you the example of what I mean. I was reading about Isaac. I was reading about Isaac in the book of Genesis, Abraham's son. And this was back when I was uh, in high school. And I was reading about the story of Isaac. And God spoke to Isaac and said, don't go down to Egypt like your father did but go to a place that I will show you and I'll be with you there and I'll bless you there. So I read that in, a, in, in the book of Genesis about Isaac. Well, that listen, what I'm getting ready to tell you is not how you would interpret that passage of scripture by any means. Because whatever interpretation you have of scripture, it has to be true for everyone in the body of Christ. But what I heard the Spirit speak to me when I read that passage was, don't go, to the same Bible school that your father went to, and that your mother went to, and that all your family went to. But go to a different place that I will show you. And he showed me what it was, I knew what it was. But when I read that passage, and I was going over that, it's like right out of that, the way that God spoke to Isaac, God spoke to me. And instead of doing what his father did, he did something the Lord led him to do. And the Lord said, that's the same for you. Don't do what your father did in going to this Bible school, but go to a place that I'll show you. And that's exactly what I did from that word that God led me. And so one of the things that happens is that as you read the Bible, as you read the word, God can use what you just read to speak a specific instruction to your heart. And that doesn't mean that we would interpret that passage and say, now every Every Christian that reads that needs to go to a different Bible school than their father went to. You may not even go to Bible school. That's not what the passage means. But as I read it, the Lord spoke something to me personally out of it. And one of the things that happens when you don't uh, read God's word is that you miss out on many of the leadings and many of the instructions that he may give you as you're reading his word. It happened for many ministers. You know it happened for my cousin. It's happened for Brother Shambok. It's happened for my father. I remember Brother Shambok. The Lord was going to give him that property, and he read he read that passage in Scripture where he was you know talking about marching around it, let it what you put your feet on it. Where the where the where the, where the, where your, the soles of your feet tread, you'll have dominion. Well, he went and walked around the property that the Lord was going to give him, the YMCA property, and you know you. Not everybody's not supposed to interpret Scripture that way. He wasn't interpreting Scripture; he was being led by the Spirit from a passage of Scripture that would be interpreted one way. But the Lord spoke to him and said, "Now I want you to go to this this property you're believing for this YMC. I want you to march around and put your feet on it." And so he did that. Now he got that word from Scripture as he was reading that passage. It jumped out in his spirit about something he was to do personally. And that's what I'm talking about, being led by the Spirit through the reading of God's Word, through the reading of God's Word. And so when you don't read the Bible, you miss out on opportunities to be led by the Spirit through the written Word. And as He speaks to you, it'll come to you, and then it'll give you direction for your personal life, direction for your personal life. Uh, Number four. The fourth disaster that takes place if a Christian chooses not to read the Bible is that you neglect your inheritance. That's number four. The fourth disaster that takes place when you don't read the Bible is that you neglect your inheritance. You neglect your inheritance. And I'll I'll, uh, quote to you Acts chapter 20 and verse 32, a passage that I, I love so much. Where Paul said, he said, and now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Among all those who are sanctified. So there's an inheritance that you obtain through the reading and understanding of God's written word. The Bible says in Ephesians one3 you've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, every spiritual blessing. But how do you know what those blessings are and how do you obtain them and how do you bring them into your life practically? It's got to be through the written word of the almighty God. This word is sufficient to bring to you exactly what you need for your Christian life, exactly what you need. And so when we, when we refuse to read the word, then we neglect our inheritance. There are things God wants to see manifested in the life of his children that if you don't have the word in you, if you can't abide by the word, let me take you to John 15 real quick. John chapter 15. And listen to the way that this is, this is written very powerful. Um, let me start reading with the beginning, John 15, 1. Okay? Listen, I am, Jesus is speaking, by the way, it's red letters. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you're clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I'm the vine, you're the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Verse six, if anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire. Now catch verse seven. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, You can ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. And by this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. So notice the prerequisite there in order to receive the fruit or bear the fruit that God wants you to bear. He said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. So that becomes the key. His words have to abide in you. If you're going to bear fruit, if you're going to see these manifestations of God in your life, his word has to abide in you. His word has to abide in you. If people that don't have, people that don't have the word of God, uh, they, don't, they, they have no ability to obtain the promises of God. None. None. People that don't read the word of God, they have no ability to obtain the promises of God. And so you have to read, got to get the word in your spirit so that you can obtain what God said is yours. Don't leave your inheritance on the table. Don't take the things that Christ provided for you and leave them out and say, I don't need that in my life. Get this word in your spirit and take your inheritance by the power of God. Take your inheritance by the power of God. So that's number four. Uh, Number five, if you do not read the word of God, then you will conform to this world. If you don't read the word of God, you will conform to this world. And I want to delve into that for a minute. That's exactly right. Ben Foles said, it's like not paying your power bill. It's exactly right. So, so get this, you conform to this world, Right. Uh, Look at what Paul wrote. Paul wrote this to the Romans in Romans chapter 12. And uh, we'll read verses 1 and verse 2. I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by what? The renewal of your mind. That by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Notice that. don't be transformed, or don't be conformed, be transformed. Don't be conformed, be transformed. By the renewing of your mind. So, how do you renew your mind? With the washing of water by the word. This is how God cleansed his church. Ephesians chapter 5. With the washing of water by the word. With the washing of water by the word. This word washes your mind. Cleanses you. And and then let me say this. You say, well, why would you conform to the world? Why can't you just be a Christian without reading the Bible? Why would you conform? Because here's the thing. As the spirit of this age, which is deceiving, goes out into the culture, and this anti-Christ agenda is launched around the world, and new things all the time, all the time, are taking place, the question you'd have to ask yourself is, how would you know what to resist and what not to resist? And then what, by what basis do you resist it? Give you a perfect example. Many of our our young people now have been so brainwashed. I'm talking about Christian young people that go to public school and public university. They get so brainwashed, they they come back and say, well, you know, what really is the problem? You know, if two men want to get married and two women want to get married and they really love each other. You know, the, the, the thing is they're being faithful to one another. You know, they, they, they want true, faithful marriage. They're not trying to be promiscuous. They're not trying to run around with everybody else. They want to have a faithful, you know, come back and talk to their parents. They want to have a faithful marriage like you and mom have, like you and dad have, and they want to just be faithful to each other. What's so wrong with two men who truly love each other wanting to be married and have a relationship? You know, because the deception is, well, you know, it's it's love and why God is love. So why would God ever reject people from having true love in their life when love is from God. You know, and this is the mindset people have. You know why they have that mindset? Do you know why they're conforming to this world and this world's system and thought process and propaganda? Because they don't know the Bible. That's why. They don't know the Bible. That's right, it goes back to the first thing we have on record that Satan said, did God really say, And they don't know the bible they don't understand they can't they couldn't quote romans 1 to you if they tried they they could not break down the understanding of the wickedness of homosexuality or lesbianism they don't know any of that stuff you know why probably because they were raised in a church that doesn't talk about those things or preach against sin as i said before and probably because they have, they didn't even attend church faithfully. They're a Christian by name only. And because they don't read the word and they're not transformed by the renewal of their mind. They don't know. And many of them, it's not even their fault that they don't know because they had parents that were so wishy-washy about being faithful to church and going to a church where the word of God is actually taught, actually We faithfully stick to the text, what the Bible says, and we don't come off of it because the culture changed or the spirit of this world changed. We don't do that. We're faithful to God's word, but they didn't know. They didn't know because they did not raise them up in the way they should go. And when they're old, they won't depart from it. And so let me tell you, it's a vital thing to get the word in your spirit. That's why people are walking around wondering, I don't know, is this really, you know, are we, are we wrong to, no, you stick to what the Bible says. And if you don't, you will conform to this world. Just trust me, you will conform to this world. That's what happens. That's what happens. It's not like some man sat down and made up a bunch of doctrines and said, you need to, you need to believe these. These documents we've had for thousands of years inspired by the Holy Spirit, it's a miracle that we have them a miracle. There's nothing else like the Bible in the world, in any type of literature. There's nothing like it. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. But people, if you don't, if people don't have it in them, if it's not in their heart, if it's not in their spirit, trust me when I tell you they will conform Why do you think we've launched stuff for Miracle Word Kids and the Last Gen Podcast and all the things like that? Because we know how important it is to get it in the children when they're young and train them up in the way they should go. Why do you think we're doing apologetic style podcast episodes for the youth so they understand why we believe the Bible is true, why we believe it's God's word, why we live by it, why we stick to it? Because when they're old, they'll not depart from it. And they'll have the answers to the questions that they're going to be smashed with in society, in the culture, in this wicked, anti-God, anti-Christ age. They'll be able to make a defense for what they believe, not sit around and be swayed by every wind of doctrine or by a deceptive, anti-Christ spirit that is in the world today and has been since there was Christ. (laughs) And before that, it was an anti-God spirit. And so we need to to put it in ourselves so that, number five, we don't conform to this world. Number six, the sixth disaster that takes place when Christians don't read the Bible is that it's possible for Christians to remain in bondage. That's another one. It's possible for Christians to remain in bondage. So what do you mean by that? Well, Jesus taught, John chapter 8, verse 32, that you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. Truth will make you free. And I've taught this uh, many times before that everything we receive from God has to be received by faith. But faith is not general. Faith is specific slash topical. In fact, I want you to put that in the comments today. Faith is topical. There's no question about that. Faith is topical. That's right, Linan. First Peter 2.8, they stumble because they are disobedient to the word. So John 8, 32 is is telling us that if we'll know the truth, the truth will set us free, free from bondage. Faith is topical. That means that you can have faith for salvation and no faith for healing. You can have faith for healing and no faith for financial increase. You can have faith for financial increase and no faith for deliverance from addiction. You know, faith is topical. And in order to have faith about that thing, you need to have the word of God about that thing. Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? We've not even heard there is a Holy Spirit. So no, you don't have faith to receive it because you don't even know it exists. And so it's topical. Paul, perceiving the man had faith to be healed. So that means there are some people that don't have faith to be healed. There are some people that have no faith to be healed whatsoever. So they can't receive healing. And they remain in bondage. That's the point I'm making. They remain in bondage. And so... If you don't read the word, you remain in bondage because faith is topical and the truth will set you free. The truth will make you free. And when the spirit of truth comes and he already has come, he'll lead you and guide you into all truth. So the Holy Spirit assists you as you read God's word and guides you into truth. The Bible says, John wrote this, uh, you have no need that any man should teach you but that the Holy Spirit teaches you all things. And so the Holy Spirit is our guide. He's not just our comforter, he's our guide. And he guides us into all truth. And he gives us a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that the eyes of our understanding are enlightened and we can see clearly the hope of his glorious calling. And so if people don't read the Bible, that's why many people remain in bondage. There's many people that aren't free today. They're not free from addiction. They're Christians, but they're still smoking a pack a day. They're they're not free. They're not free uh, from the depression, anxiety, the panic, the the suicidal thoughts that flood their mind. They're not free. You say that, well, those, those things truly, those things really are changed by reading God's word. You better believe it. I've read it to you many times. Jeremiah said when he read God's word and devoured it, it became joy to him. The the writer of Proverbs said, when, when you devour the word, it'll become health and healing to you. When Joshua devoured the word, it became prosperity and success to him. When Ezekiel discovered the word and it came into him, it set him upon his feet and established him. There are many different things that the word of God will do for you, but you have to have it in you in order to have those things happen. Or they don't happen. And people remain in bondage. And that, that is a sad thing. That's right. That's right, Rodney. To have have faith about any certain thing, you have to have the word about that thing. That's exactly right. Because faith is topical. Faith is compartmentalized. And many people don't know that. They think just general faith does everything. No, it doesn't. Everything's based on God's word. If we don't have a word to stand on, we're on shaky ground. And then what happens? We get double-minded. We're going, we're we're being... uh, blown with every wave like the waves of the sea and then we're double-minded unstable in all our ways and we shouldn't expect to receive anything from God in that position James taught that James 1 5 through 8 so you start to realize how important it is to have a foundation of the word of God in your life got to have it you've got to have it let me give you this one before we pray number seven And let me just pop through all these one more time. Number one, if you don't read the Bible, you break the Christian pattern and God's expectation for your life. That's number one. Number two, if you don't read the Bible, you're easily led into error. Number three, if you don't read the Bible, you miss out on God's leading for your life. Number four, if you don't read the Bible, you'll neglect your inheritance. Number five, if you don't read the Bible, you'll conform to the world. Number six, if you don't read the Bible, you'll remain in bondage. And then number seven, if you don't read the Bible, then you will not be equipped for your purpose. Go with me to 2 Timothy chapter three. 2 Timothy chapter three, and we're going to look at an extremely important passage of scripture that we've looked at before, and I want you to see why it's so vital for you. Paul writes to Timothy, all Scripture, now this is 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 and 17. 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 and 17. All Scripture is breathed out by God and... Look at this. It's profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, and for training in righteousness. So get this now. Here's your basic training. Here's your advanced training. It's right here. God's word is basic training for the army, and it's advanced training for the army of God. It's profitable for training in righteousness. Look at verse 17, that the man of God, and in fact, the Greek translation here, uh, Greek, the Greek term, the messenger of God. So it's not about being a male. It's about being a messenger of God. That the messenger of God may be complete, equipped for every good work, equipped for every good work. So you miss out on being equipped for your purpose if the word of God's not in your spirit. Please get this today. This is so vital. There's Christians trying to be effective. There's Christians trying to accomplish God's purpose and his plan in the earth, and they don't even know God's word. And according to the Apostle Paul and the Holy Spirit who inspired him, that if you don't have God's word, you'll not be complete. And you'll not be equipped for every good work. This right here is the equipping tool. This right here is the thing that brings completion to you as a Christian. The word of God is sufficient to do what God sent it to do. It is sufficient to do what God sent it to do. And so if we don't have this, well, we've got to get it in our spirits, man. Got to get it in our spirits. If we don't have this word in our spirits, how are we going to be fully equipped? How will be, we be honed for the purpose to which we're called? It's impossible. It's impossible. And then as a result, we start to stumble and make mistakes in our choices. And then, okay, think of all these things together because they're not really separated. Many of them are linked, right? Many of the things that I told you today are linked together. So let's look at how that would work for a second. You know, you're you're trying to do what God's called you to do. First of all, you're led into error. So you get under some teaching that's not even scriptural, and now your beliefs are wrong, and now your actions are wrong. But then at the same time, you're missing out on God's leading, and He's trying to get you to do something He's called you to do, but you miss it. You miss it because you're not in His Word. And then you begin to conform to this world. And so this... Like this is not, I'm not making this up. We're seeing this happen right now. I just, I mentioned earlier the hyper grace movement. Okay, hyper grace movement. Number one, they were led into error. This greasy grace, they're led into error because they don't know God's word. And then number two, because they're led into error, what happens? They start to conform to this world and this world system. So now two of these disasters are compounding upon each other. You're led into error, you're conforming to the world, and then number three, you're still remaining in bondage. You're you're remaining in bondage because you're in error, you're conformed to the world, and now you're remaining in bondage. And then number four, on top of that, you're not equipped for your purpose. You're not at all equipped for your purpose because you've got no word in you. And can you see how quickly this snowballs together? And it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And then the things God wanted to use you to do, he can't use you to do because now these things have compounded all because of one thing. We just neglected his word. We just neglected his word. That's the only thing we did. You're not robbing banks. You're not, you know, uh, holding up Seven 11's uh, 11's and dealing drugs and, uh, you know, trafficking children. You neglected the word. And as a result of that, things compound and the enemy comes at you quickly and it snowballs, it snowballs. But what does it look like when a person is faithful to read the word of God daily? Number one, they please God by their dedication. They please God. They please God. They're not in error. That's huge, that is huge. Right actions Right results come from right believing and right speaking and right living. You're not in error. So number one, they're pleasing God with their life. Number two, they're not in error. They're walking in the truth. Number three, they're led by God's spirit as they read his word. So now you're led into the blessings God's called you to walk in. Number four, they have their inheritance in hand. Hallelujah. They have their inheritance in hand. Not only that, they'll never conform to the world. Never conform to the world. They will not be in bondage, not be, remain in bondage, and then they'll always be equipped for their purpose. It's powerful, man. It's powerful. That's what it looks like when a Christian reads the word on a daily basis, gets it into their spirit. Yes, Wanda, uh, Tiff Shuttlesworth is my uncle, it's my father's brother. And so I want, I want you to see this. I'm gonna, I, wanna, I want you to... Make a a vow today, those of you that are watching this, I want you to make a vow, if you would, a covenant with God, and say, Lord, now, now, first of all, let me tell you why. We're talking about a year of divine possession. We're talking about a year where we're believing God to do the impossible, and this can be a year where we're going to take ownership of things God has set aside for us. But remember what I told you, the Lord spoke to me very specifically. He said, if you want to see a year where I am manifesting my presence in your life at a whole nother level, it's also going to take another level of dedication to the kingdom. He said, you're not going to be able to read my word at the sa- in the same way you did in years past, or pray in the same way you did in years past, or attend church in the same way you did in years past, or give in the same way you did in years past, or, 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 or share the gospel or witness to be- in the same way. It's gonna have to be a different level of dedication. And so today, before we even leave the month of January, I'm challenging you. I'm challenging you to make a plan. Make the plan today. I mean, you're willing to, you're welcome to steal my plan if you want to, which I'll talk about in a minute, but make a plan today to read the Bible every single day and don't wait until the new day comes to say, well, I wonder what I should read today, because that's one of the things that'll be a roadblock between you and completing that goal. So if you'd like to um, take my example, you're welcome to do so. I told you yesterday that one of the things that I do is I keep a reading plan in my uh, phone calendar so that all I have to do is open the calendar and look at what day it is and it'll just show me what I'm supposed to read on this day every month. And um, <clears throat> I, do it, I do it in 30 day spurts so that even in the shorter months, you know, I still have my reading plan completed. But my goal is to just read uh, the New Testament every month. Which is a very easy task to do because uh, the way that I split it up is that when you're reading Matthew through the book of Acts, you read nine chapters of the Bible every day. And then when you get from Romans to the book of Revelation, you read eight chapters of the Bible every day. So Gospels and Acts, nine chapters until you're done with those, and then Romans to Revelation, eight chapters until you're done with those. And when you do that, you'll read the New Testament every single month. Imagine what your life would look like at the end of a year if you had read the New Testament through 12 times this year, 12 times this year. And so I'm not saying you have to use uh, you know, mine, but like find one, you know, develop one, whatever that means. Maybe you wanna read uh, the New Testament every quarter. Well, just put, you know, divide it by four, you know, and if if you want to, and then at at that point, you know, read, uh, two, you know, two, two chapters of the New Testament every day, whatever, but, but do something, do something and set it in stone and dedicate yourself to it. Put it in, put it in your app on your phone, put it in the calendar, whatever you got to do so that every roadblock to you reading the Bible every day is moved out of the way. Even put, you could put uh, daily reminders or monthly reminders on your phone so that not, not only is it on the calendar, it pops up at a certain time every day and says, don't forget to read these chapters today. Every robot, oh, I forgot. Well, then remind yourself. Well, I didn't have time. Set a time, right? It is priority. Make it your priority. It'll, I'm telling you, the power of God will come on you like you've never seen as you dedicate to another level in 2022. I want to pray for you. Because one of the things that I truly, uh, truly believe that um, the Lord will do this year is give us a new hunger to read the Word of God. A new hunger. Heavy hunger. And a love for the Word of God. A love for the Word of God. Ed says, how about the Old Testament? How do you break that up? Well, one of the things that you can do is uh, you could read the New Testament every month or every quarter, if you'd like to do it that way, and because the Old Testament is much longer, you could read the Old Testament in a year. So what you could do if you wanted to create your own plan to where you're reading uh, the the New Testament four times a year and reading the Old Testament once every year, you could just, I mean, all I literally did is Google how many chapters are in the Old Testament? and then you just divide that by 365. And then same thing, how many chapters are in the New Testament? And then you can divide it by, uh, you know, however, however many days. If you wanna do 90 days every, every three months, you could do that and divide those chapters by 90 and get, then you put those together, make your own reading plan, and then stick to it every day, every month, every year, and let God speak to you through his word. Hallelujah. Let me pray for those of you that are watching today. Father. In Jesus' name, I am so thankful for every hungry and dedicated member of the Victory Tribe, those that watch, those that listen, those that are hungry to see you move in America. Thank you for every one of those. We are the remnant. We will never grow cold. We'll never fall away in Jesus' name, never. And so, Lord, I ask you that you would uh, give us from this day forward uh, a fresh hunger, a fresh desire to read your word. I pray in Jesus' name that you would uh, build a fire in us to go after the mighty word of God and get it in our spirit and to bring to our remembrance scriptures. And as we're going through our life and going through things the enemy tries to attack and use against us, that those scriptures would just start coming out of our spirit supernaturally to combat the enemy and make the devil flee from us in Jesus' name. We thank you for that. Lord, give us an understanding of your word like we've never had by the power of the Holy Ghost. I pray that you'd open the eyes of our understanding. Give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in Jesus' wonderful name. We thank you for that. We give you praise. Now manifest your presence, Lord, in our lives like you never have. We thank you. This is our year of divine possession in the wonderful name of Jesus. We expect to see quick miracles and turnarounds in Jesus' name. Amen, Hallelujah! Give God some praise. Give God some thanks for what He's doing. Uh, somebody made a great point. The Bi- Ava, the Bible app has many options for reading plans throughout the year as well. So if you use like the Version Bible app or Olive Tree Bible reader or whatever, I think does our app. Do you know if our app also has reading plans in it, Tiff? Okay, you can check to see. I, I think we might even be able to enter some of these reading plans in our app for them, but. Uh, if we can do that, I'll add mine in there uh, for you guys. But, you know, you, something like the Uversion Bible app, they have all kinds of Bible reading plans. Just take And, of course, you can Google Bible reading plans and download PDFs and all kinds of stuff. Very easy to do. So, uh, But whatever you do, stick to it and get it in your spirit. It will bless you immensely, immensely. On this Friday, uh, before we go and before we head into revival once again, I want to encourage you to sow a seed today, challenge you to step out by faith, do what the Lord's asking you to do, and watch how God's going to bless your finances finances this year. It's going to be supernatural. I mean, if I could tell you some of the things that are already happening, it's like, it's mind-blowing how God's already moving. It's mind-blowing. And I will be sharing some of these things with you this year, these testimonies. I can't share it yet with you, but I'm going to. The testimonies are already happening. They're already taking place. Uh, So if you'd like to get in on what God's doing, you got to take that challenge and be faithful to the word of God, go to miracleword.com and sow a seed. But you know what I'm asking you to do? I'm asking you partner with this ministry. Maybe you've never done that before. Maybe you've never uh, prayed about it or considered it. Pray about it. Say, Lord, am I to be one of the 1000 that will stand with Ted and Carolyn at $85 a month or more to see this generation changed? before it's too late, to see the world impacted before it's too late. And I'm telling you, I believe there's many of you watching and listening that can take that challenge and could stand at $85 a month or more as the Lord leads you, I know you can do it. And I wanna say thank you ahead of time to every person. It's not, I'm not saying it for any reason, we're not in any under any pressure, there's nothing, there's nothing that, uh, you know, we're, we're not like, You know, I'm not telling you, if you don't sow, we're going on. No, we're blessed, you're blessed, but we want to see you go to the next level. But there are some things that we're going to launch out and do in 2022 as we're expanding. See, remember this, if you keep this in your spirit, it will always help you in your giving. Yes, we supply needs to others. We bless the poor. There are many in need and we are called to bless those that are in need, but attach your sowing to vision, attach your sowing to expectation, and watch how God will bless you. You know, rather than, see that's why I don't present needs to you, I present vision to you, because we have to learn as God's children to sow towards vision. One of the worst things that happened in the body of Christ is that everybody became needs-driven. They became needs driven. And it's like, well, I don't give unless there's a need. You give towards vision, towards what God is going to do. You know, one of the things that blew my mind, I look back at these, of course, you can look at Solomon's temple. You can look at all these others, uh, read about the book of Ezra, the, the the creation of the new temple. I even look at old cathedrals. And do you know, I read something about cathedrals, blew my mind. They would give and, and so, have you ever seen some of these European cathedrals and so even though some of the ones in the, in the United States, they are huge, they're grand. But isn't it interesting? I read about this, that as they started to give the members of the congregation to build these cathedrals, some of them took 70, 100 years to complete, especially years ago. They were sowing and giving toward a vision that they would never live to see completed. Think about the understanding of future vision. That's powerful. That's powerful. And they would sow toward a vision that they would never even live to see completed. So you have to attach yourself to vision. And watch what God will do for you. Attach yourself to revelation. This is your year to be debt free. This is your year to build wealth in the kingdom. This is your year to see God totally rearrange your financial life, lift the pressure off your shoulders and bring you into overwhelming blessing. And so I wanna encourage you, if you've not ever considered partnering with us, begin today. The Lord will lead you and we're thanking God ahead of time for a thousand people strong. A thousand people strong that'll stand with us at $85 a month or more. So thank you ahead of time. There's people that are sowing largely People are sowing 250 a month. Some 500 a month. There's some people sowing 750 a month. Do what the Lord tells you. He might tell you to do it all at once and sow a thousand dollar seed today, five thousand dollar seed. You've got to obey the voice of the Spirit, as He speaks to you. And for those of you that are partnering with us this month, as you know, uh, we're going to send you Lester summerall's book, "Adventuring with Christ," for 85 dollars or more this month. And for those sowing at 250 or more. We're adding to that how we got the Bible by Dr. Lightfoot. And then for those sowing $1,000 or more with those two, the net study Bible, 60,000 notes on scripture, as well as um, some of the best behind the scenes translation uh, uh, notes and understanding I've ever seen in my life. This thing is one of the best best things we've ever received as the body of Christ, especially now. Amazing. I love you guys so much. Carolyn will be back at two o'clock today. Don't miss that session at 2 p.m. It's gonna bless you. It's gonna bless you. I love you so much. I hope to see you in Georgia or I hope to see you in Pennsylvania. Make a road trip. It's time to get in revival. I love you and I'll talk to you again very soon. God bless you. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.